first period, there are four penalties. The second period, there are no penalties. The third period, oh, man. Um, Drum roll, please. Oh, oh. Bell Lacombe. Ten-minute misconduct. <laughs> Bell Lacombe. Can I just say, Haley Barton throwing Bella Lacombe down to the ground, that was the best thing of the night. You are your conference champions! Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of What You Talk About, your favorite place for... Anything ASU Women's Hockey, your favorite radio show of the team. Welcome. My name is Chase Beardsley, alongside Trey Matthews, as usual. Welcome back. Uh, Trey, how are you doing this fine morning? I don't know if you're going to be able to edit it or not, but... That was loud. Let, let, yeah, that, that intro was probably the loudest <laughs> intro I've been a part of. That, I don't know what happened. I don't know if they if they changed anything on here, because... <laughs> the speaker was literally. It's too early in the morning for that kind of music. I uh, I just can't believe that happened. I, I, that was pretty freaking loud. We'll see how it is on the. We'll see how it is on the other end. But welcome. Uh, it's Friday, the 9th, February, twenty twenty four. And freezing cold. I for the first time for the first time in a long time. But oh oh, my microphone wasn't turned on. <laughs> great, great. This is a great start. <laughs> oh great. Now now I'm gonna have to do my rant all over again. Oh no. We're gonna have to edit. Okay, I'll be quick. You're gonna have to edit that intro. I'm not gonna because oh, yeah. <laughs> because that was so loud, yeah. like very loud, like extremely loud, like it was like an earthquake vibrations. Oof. I need a cigarette after that. Um, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, it's wow. fr- it's freezing cold in Arizona. First time in a in a good while I've seen ice on my car. Yeah, that is very interesting. Uh, can't say I, I missed it, but we, we, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't miss it. But I'm okay with ice in the rink, but not ice on my car well, in Arizona at least. Speaking of the rink, we had two games last weekend against GCU. The final two games of the regular season. Trey, it's safe to say. Uh, they were pretty. They were pretty uh, big games for ASU and the score sheet. Yeah, they were big, uh, big games of the score sheet. But I think another thing that we need to talk about is just the physicality that GCU brought once again because they made yeah. a couple of coaching changes. So at the beginning of the season, uh, I was told by a GCU parent. So don't shoot the messenger in this case. But I, I was told that uh, the the coach from last year retired because she got. Pregnant? I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, I heard different things. Okay, okay. Well, this is just what a GCU parent told me. So a- anyway, the the coach from last year retires. Then they bring in a new coach, and unfortunately, she created a very toxic environment, and people were like, "This coach needs to go." So they made a coaching change before they took on the Denver Pioneers, and lo and behold, they won those two games against Pioneers. Now, uh, was who was the worst team? Was it GCU or Denver? We'll never really know, but. Hey, that's uh, two more wins added to GCU's record. So they were riding some decent momentum going into ASU, but not significant momentum to the point where ASU would toss and turn at night. But 
The one thing that I miss between these GCU and ASU games, I'm going to be completely honest, I miss the physicality. I miss the chirpiness. That, that's why I considered it a rivalry last year. So, And we saw that in game two. We saw uh, like the likes of Haley Barton, Berkeley Radcliffe, Jill Ketchum, I'm probably missing a few other people getting into it with GCU. And I've been covering the ACHA women's uh, D1 organization for half a decade now, and I haven't seen anything get that physical. Well, let's talk about game one first. Uh, game one of the series uh, started out pretty eventful for ASU. Evelyn Olson started off the scoring. She scored two in the first. Again, she's been fantastic at home, fantastic in the past couple games. Can't speak enough about her and how well she's been playing. Logan Satera also adding a goal onto that to make it 3 nothing after the first. In the second, Sam Murphy, her 12th of the season. And then Sophie Fossil struck her first goal as a Sun Devil. Shout out Sophie Fossil, uh, longtime listener of the show. Uh, Sammy Lush, her final goal as a Sun Devil in the regular season on the power play to end the second period. And that would pretty much do it, a 6-0 victory for the Sun Devils. Quinn Inger with the shutout once again. She's been fantastic this season. Can't speak enough about her. And let's talk about that game real quick. Any thoughts about Game 1, Trey? Well, it went the way it was supposed to go. ASU dominating GCU. And basically uh, what I liked was that it seemed like the offensive execution was really working for ASU because – uh, for both games, Quinn didn't really have to work too hard, and that's actually quite good because uh, ASU was down a goalie in Carson Hellman, so you want to try to take as much pressure off as you can on Quinn Etinger uh, because you're kind of spread thin when it comes to goalies. So um, I, I liked uh, what ASU did in game one, and it was definitely uh, a step in the right direction. And now, what, GCU's uh, chances of Going to the WWCHL tournament, pretty slim to none. Plan on talking about that after we talk about game number two. Okay, fine. Let's talk about game two. All right. Uh, the scoring, not as much as the prior first period. Ooh. Yeah, well, yeah, prior first period, yes. Logan Satera struck in the first period, the middle of the first period, uh, assisted by senior forward Jillian Ketchum. Congrats, Jill. I'm playing your final regular season game as a Sun Devil, and I will extend that. Uh, congrats to Berkeley Radcliffe, Maddie Platts, and Sammy Lutch, and Haley Martin. And is there one more? Nope, that's five. That's five. Um, and then Maddie Messenbrink, also a senior, but she will be returning next season. So that is something to keep an eye on. So congrats to all the seniors. Um, should have done that at the start of the show, but whatever. Um, the second period, big period for ASU. Anita Fleming resumed her title as the team leader in goals her third her 13th of the season on the power play then Tristan Craig struck then Jill Catchum big big volume from that arena when Jill scored that was probably the loudest I've ever heard that arena go and then Logan Satera struck once again her third goal of the two-game series impressive for the Sun Devil and the sophomore so that would make it five nothing at the end of the second and then all I don't know if I'm allowed to say that word, but all all crap broke loose. I think you can. I think it's fine. Well, it wasn't that word. I was going to say H-E double hockey sticks. I don't know if uh, Grace Dapizzo is going to come I down think, and out of nowhere. And I, I, I think down. I've heard people say that word on this, on on, um, on Blaze before. I mean, it's not really all that bad if we're being completely honest. But anyway, continue. You want to talk about the goals first or the penalties first? Let's, let's start good and then work our way to bad. Anita Fleming, her 14th of the season. So at the end of the regular season, she leads all forwards 
or defensemen or players in goal scoring with 14. The rookie transfer, impressive for her. Jill Ketchum added her second goal of the game. Super awesome for Jill. Good to see her have a great senior night game. And Cindy Paulson got a couple assists, so that means she ends the season with 28 points. She leads the whole WWCHL in that category. And that means this is the second straight season where a player has ended the season as a top scorer with 28 points. So how coincidental is that? Congrats, Sid. Um, Let's go to the penalties. There's a lot of them, so buckle up. We'll start with this. The first period, there were four penalties. The second period, there are no penalties. The third period, oh, man. Um, Drum roll, please. Oh, oh. Bella Combe. Ten-minute misconduct. <laughs> Bella Combe. Can I just say, Haley Barton throwing Bella Lacombe down to the ground, that was the best thing of the night. Two minutes for tripping. Haley Martin. Ten minutes misconduct. Berkeley Radcliffe roughing. Jill Catchum Borden. Morgan Butler roughing, Sydney Paulson roughing, Sammy Lutch roughing, Mika Summer roughing, Rory Ortega roughing. All those penalties taking place within two minutes of each other. Wow, it was incredible, Charlie. That is the most physical ACHA game I have seen in my life. Uh, like you said, I think the main one that uh, that really sticks out, there was a scrum before this one, but this is the big one that really elevated this game. Um Haley Martin was tripped by Belle Lacombe, and, you know, Haley got up. Belle Lacombe shoved Haley's head into the board, and we know Haley has already suffered with enough injuries this year. And then all hell broke loose. Uh, Berkeley Radcliffe got into it. Um, pretty sure uh, Sammy Lush might have been that that scrum, but it was insane. Jill was trying to – I don't know what she was trying to do, either break it up or keep it going. She said she was trying to break it up, didn't she? She said, I don't know. <laughs> oh, she said she don't. Okay. Um, I, again, that was the most physical I've ever seen any ACHA game. That was insane. And it's weird because last year we saw under their last head coach, uh, they played a physical style of hockey. When Jess Conlon – came in and we saw her for the three games where the ASU Sun Devils swept GCU. There was there wasn't as much physicality. And then Jess Conlin fired and they bring in a whole new coaching staff. I don't know if this is interim coaching staff, if this is their permanent coaching staff. I know nothing about these coaches because GCU did not update us with the socials or anything. Thanks a lot. Um but, That's probably on purpose, too. But it was extremely physical. It was crazy. Trey, you decided to very get, get very an, animated over the uh, call. I listened back to it, and you were very animated. I wish I could pull it up right now. I wish I had that clipped. That should have been a clip thing part of the show, but you were very animated. Yeah, because I was in shock. I didn't anticipate for it to actually escalate like that. I didn't anticipate for... Um, I, I was okay. So like, there was a brief scrum prior to Haley Martin getting hit by Bella Lacombe or or having Bella Lacombe cross check her into the boards or whatever. So, I I, I was just like, okay, the the tempers have have boiled over. Referees break it up. It's um the the game is essentially over because ASU is thrashing the Antelopes. 
That just caught me off guard. I was surprised. And like I said, I've been covering the ACHA for five years, and I've never seen anything like that. It was uh, it was something. I, I was uh, astounded myself. I know you are a uh, big ACHA guy, um, and you've been covering it for a while, as you said, um, as I try to find this clip, because I think it's so hilarious. Um, I... I've never seen anything like this. I know Lindsay was not uh, very excited uh, when uh, when this all happened. She was not very happy with the refs after the game. Um, I, I don't think any coaching staff would, you know, be satisfied with how this panned out, period, just because it's like player safety is supposed to be important, and yet here we are. Like, why are we there, – there's no fighting in the ACHA, period, and this is the final regular season game, so it's just like – by, per the rule book, um, per the rule book, like if there's fighting in the ACHA, that's an automatic ejection, and then you're suspended the next game. So I'm watching this clip back. Sidney Paulson is definitely in there. There's not as many players as the next one that I'm about to come across, but that penalty box was crowded. I know uh, there were there there were pictures coming out of that penalty box as you uh, as you pointed out. Yeah, the. the the hashtag sin bin vibes, as I, I think I said on air, quite honestly. So I actually found the clip, Trey. Are you ready for this? Okay. We'll hear uh, if we get any sound bites. Let me just uh, make sure that uh, it doesn't blow your ears out. That'll be bad. Trying to get a goal. There's a tripping call oh, here, here we go. off Haley Martin. GC is going to shove this one. Oh, Martin's here we go. Fight. Here we here go. It's Haley Martin. And now everyone Olsen. Everyone getting into yeah. the GCU. Let, let the bodies hit the floor. Lacombe goes down. Berkeley Radcliffe. Oh, man. GCU player. Jill Ketchum trying to get in there and break it up. Oh, and man. Oh, man. Again, this is the most physical we've seen this. these two get at it all season long. Yeah. That was insane. Watching back, I hear Logan's voice from the bench. <laughs> when don't you hear Logan's voice? Let's be completely honest. Um, so it looks like Sammy, Jill, Berkeley, Haley, Maddie Platson is also in there, but not as much. But, yeah, those refs were insane. But, anyway, that's enough on the fighting. Um, ASU managed to win this one 7-0. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about I, you. You forget that ASU is thrashing GCU. If, if we were to explain this with no context whatsoever – you would assume that this is a close-fought game and that GCU is just trying to do anything they can to try to keep their tournament chances alive. But, no, it was a blowout. They were on the verge of getting shut out back-to-back games. And Quinn Inger with her second shutout in a row. Her, I believe that's her seventh shutout of the season, too. Her fourth win in a row um, in relief of Carson Hellman, who is currently injured. You, ho- you hope that she comes back just for reinsurance. But Quinn has been fantastic. And with this win... For the first time in program history, ASU is undefeated in conference play all season. They go 15-0-0 against GCU, Colorado, CSU, Utah, and Denver. Very impressive. Very impressive. Not an issue. Or, hang on. Uh, How does it go? How's that Lil Wayne song go? Uh, My competition is not an issue, just cotton tissue. So... That was some bars, Trey. That was not, some bars. Not, not my bars. Those, in the words of Lil Wayne in his song, No Mercy, or Good Morning, Good Morning. I was about to say Mother of Mercy. No, Good Good Morning, which is the theme song for Undisputed, a sports show I, I like. Oh. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 
this weekend we predicted it, Chase. We said it was going to be ASU a lot, GCU very little. Yeah, I. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, as we said, huge step for the program. Uh, I did get to ask Lindsay about it after the game. Let's hear what she has to say. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was easy. I think there was definitely teams that challenged us, and um, I'm I'm really excited. I'm really proud of them, and you know, I'm I'm ready for playoffs. I think we're ready. So I I think the main thing I pick apart in that one is that during the stream, there are parents saying, "Oh, ASU has it so easy." Blah blah blah. Uh, well, GCU parents, by the way, saying that first. And- first off, uh, you know you have to build to that point. But second off, there were a lot of challenges. Trey, let me recap some of them. You know, not with the team, but I mean, let's look at the most recent series against Utah, uh, or most recent road series, I should say. Uh, they arrived at that ice rink an hour before the game with limited players because a lot of them were injured. Paige Ring and Ellie McKenna were still home. They weren't even at. Salt Lake City. Um, before that, uh, what was the one that I was thinking about? They played four games in less than 72 hours in Colorado. So higher elevation oh, in the beginning no of the season. That's, that's no, no joke. joke. And Colorado is second in the conference. And, yes, on paper, you know, ASU is better. But four games in that small amount of time is impressive. There were definitely challenges. This is not an easy feat. I don't know why people think it's an easy feat. It's not. No, I mean, look, everyone has to overcome their own challenges in more ways than one. And something I remember Lindsay saying is that out of all the teams, like uh, in the ACHA, they have to do the most traveling because Arizona's in a unique uh, location. So you, you talk about Colorado and Utah, they're essentially right next to each other if my geography serves me well. Yeah. And, and Arizona, they – like in terms of expenses and things like that, it's a little bit more difficult for them, especially if they have to go out to the Midwest or out to the East because they have to travel the furthest of anyone. So everyone has their own challenges. And like you said, it just boils my blood when I hear people say like ASU has it easy. They should be in a higher conference. Well, they they got to that point through their hard work. You you know, when when people talk about like Liberty and how uh, they – constantly win the national championship they 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 earned it they they get you get to that point you get to that point of earning your stripes and that's exactly what ASU has done at least in the WWCHL now uh how do they stack up against the other ranked teams like in in the nation we'll have to wait and see when they get to nationals I still think they have a few years they're a few years away from like being a a legitimate title contender and that's going to take some time but at the same time, they at least in the WWCHL, they have asserted their dominance, yeah, and, and they've earned it. They they worked up to it. And are people forgetting that a few years ago that they weren't even the champions? Like, didn't they? Like I, our buddy Joseph Furtado, he was on the call alongside with Sam Murphy. Didn't they get upset uh, by uh, what CSU? Uh, it was Colorado. Yeah, uh, Colorado, who had won the prior championship as well. It wasn't much of an upset, but three straight conference champions or conference championship final appearances, and ASU only won the most recent one. So this will – if they make it all the way to the finals this season, which arguably they should. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Uh, it will be their guaranteed. fourth straight conference finals appearance. So, yeah, there's that. But real quick, kind of want to seg into our next segment real quick, but have a little, little thing right here because I think this is important. This game was also senior night. 
And right. Trey, I think you can test this group of seniors. Without this group of seniors, I don't think this club would be as successful as they have been. No, because I remember when I remember when uh, Jill committed to ASU because you know I see the I saw the posts on social media and all of that because uh, uh, the algorithm is so weird <laughs> because Jill and I uh, uh, went to the same school prior to here, but it's just like. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you just think about it. You think of Sammy Lush. You think of Berkeley Radcliffe. You think of Jill Ketchum. They, Maddie Platson. Maddie Platson. Haley Martin. Haley Martin. Like, the point I'm just trying to make is they've been here for years. Like, yeah. years and years and years. And all of them have contributed in more ways than one. Like, Sammy's been a, uh, an alternate captain for, for what? Like, two seasons now? Three? Jill's been captain for two. Sammy's been captain for two. Berkeley's been captain – or, sorry, assistant captain for two. Um They've been vital to this program. There's no doubt about it. They helped them win their first ever conference championship. And I would have to say senior night was the most filled out I've seen this arena. In- I think it was mostly the Radcliffe's, though, because I had to take a group. I, I took a group photo of them, like, post-game. That's awesome. And it was – they. There was so many of them. That's and I awesome. forgot to ask them, are any of them related to Daniel Radcliffe? Oh, my gosh. Um, but, again, it was nice seeing all the family show up. The bell, the cowbells were awesome. The goal horn. I, I thought I, the, the goal horn was a nice surprise. And, and my question is, why did it take so long? And, and two, the cowbells, I, I was surprised to see them return because it's just like yeah. I thought they had banned them because they're too distracting or something like that. But Well, Lindsay's, Lindsay's uh, closet said otherwise. But I got to ask Jill about her feelings after the game. Let's see what she had to say. Took a long time. <laughs> well, for starters, I have been crying all day. Um, I love my team so much. They're the sweetest girls. They, they really mean everything to me, and it's been such – such a good time with all the freshmen just like every year watching new girls come into the program making the program what it is um it's really really special to be part of and i'm super grateful can't say enough words about how awesome jill is and how awesome this whole senior class is um yeah again congrats to the senior class for everything um and although this isn't their last game as a sun devil uh last game at home very emotional so congrats to them Let's move on to the question you asked me earlier in the show, Trey. The WWCHL. Where do we stack up? Where do we find ourselves right now? Well, ASU has played all their games, so they they also were undefeated. So this is pretty much first, first seed locked. I, I hope everyone knows that. Um, and let's go over what we have right now. So right now, ASU first seed. Second seed currently belongs to Colorado. And this is interesting because they were a one-win team or two-win team last year, and they've bowed all the way back. They're six, three, and one, I believe. Let me just look that up. Yep, they are six, three, and one. Sixty-five uh, percent chance of making the playoffs right now, so they're they're pretty much guaranteed locked for second place. So now we have Utah, GCU, CSU, and Denver. The clinching scenario is interesting. GCU is pretty much eliminated because they have no more games left. They they've played all their games. They finished with a uh, WWCHL record of 3-9-1. What a fall from grace. Uh, it doesn't help that they have been through three coaches in the past year. Uh, that's that's not a recipe for success. I, I feel like they're going uh, for another coach next year because this is just the – Coach Danny is just the interim uh, head coach, I believe. Yeah, I don't know. But I believe the only way they can possibly make it is if – Utah loses all their games and they have to, that forces a tie breaking scenario. They can't clinch. 
they they can only hope for a tie-breaking, and that's probably not going to happen. So let's talk about Utah, CSU, and Denver. So Utah is currently 3-6-0-1. Arguably, what we saw gave uh, ASU the toughest challenge all season. So they can clinch if they sweep Denver, or they win one of their two games against Denver, and CSU wins out, or CSU loses out. So Utah's fate, most of these teams have their fates in their hands. If they, if any of these teams win out, they're going. Utah has the lesser amount of games than everyone else. They only play two, and that is a series against Denver uh, happening this weekend. Uh, again, if they if they win that series, they sweep that series, which the way Denver's been playing recently might happen. Um, they are in. CSU, with a 2-7-0-1 record, they can clinch if they win out or they sweep their series against Colorado and Denver wins out. Or they win one game versus Colorado and beat Denver, and either Utah or Denver sweeps their series. So CSU, I would say, you know, there's a vital game that I'm going to get to real quick. Uh, it is the uh, what day is this? It is it the is February the, 11th game okay. between CSU and Denver. It's a one game uh, series, but that scenario, that game, pretty much clinches whoever wins it. Of course, CSU has to, I believe, get some points against Colorado because that is the last WWCHL uh, uh, season or series of the year. And we'll get on to Denver real quick. We'll get them out of the way. 2-6-0-0. They do not have a tie to really put them past them. Uh, They've played less games than everyone. But they can clinch if they win out or they sweep their series against Utah. Or they win one game versus Utah, beat CSU, and Colorado and CSU splits their series. The big thing with these final games is, again, if someone wins out, they're in. But, again, Denver has is uphill battle. They play Utah arguably. Again, a t- that record does not really describe Utah and how much of a challenge they've been to other WWCHL teams. If I were a betting man... I would place Utah and CSU into the playoffs. Denver gets out because I think that series is really going to destroy Denver. I think. Yeah, I don't. I don't see Denver squeaking their way into the tournament. I yeah, I can't see that. So, because they're not. Because who's bet? Who, who's worse, GCU or, or Denver? Well, we saw in that series it was Denver's worse. Again, they played four games in less than seventy-two hours in that road trip, so that obviously sucks. Um, but right now, I would say it's Utah CSU for the third and fourth seed. You have Colorado set in stone with that second seed, and ASU with the first seed. It's going to be interesting. Again, these are big games for these WWCHL teams. You have uh, let me pull it up the Utah Denver series happening tonight. Um, with I believe uh, yes, I believe they're at Denver. They're in Denver. So Denver does have their home crowd. Okay. Uh, so that's a two-game series happening today and tomorrow. Then CSU and Denver play the next day on the 11th. And then the final series of WWCHL this season, CSU uh, in Boulder for a two-game series. Any thoughts? 
My thoughts are, I think, like you said, it's going to be somewhat predictable as to who makes the the tournament because there's just too many factors going against uh, teams like GCU and also uh, Denver in order for them to squeak into the tournament. So I think it's going to be somewhat predictable, if you ask me. So by this time next week, we should have a good idea of who gets into the playoffs. Who knows? All... All freaking chaos might break out. Who knows? But I would say with this Denver-Utah series and then the CSU-Denver game, we should have an idea what's happening next weekend, which is a week away from Salt Lake City where ASU looks to fend off and win their second straight conference championship. Yep. I mean, ASU has established themselves as a team to beat. And they've earned it, and uh, I, th- I think they're they're uh, they have a good shot of repeating as champions and going back to nationals. Don't want to guarantee anything because nothing is guaranteed. But um, yeah, I'm hoping for um, hoping for the best. And yeah. uh, before we close out, uh, I do want to give a shout out to Paige Ring who made her return to the rink. It was nice to see her yeah. uh, on senior night. No. Uh, we, we we know why she's out. I don't know if we we could reveal on the show or not. But uh, she's she got very sick. We'll we'll leave it. At yeah, that. yeah, get very sick. We won't go into details. But um, it, it was nice to see her back uh, at the rink, and hopefully we could see her back in a uniform uh, soon. I will say this about Paige. I I have been keeping tabs on her because you know she's a great person. She is a great person. Amazing person. Um, so it sucks to hear what she went through i don't know if she's going to be back in two weeks she is skating uh she was skating this past week uh so that's good for her um or i don't know if she was skating but she wasn't cleared to skate but she's like not sick anymore it's just that there's something with that illness that she has to be cleared is what i'm trying is what i should say actually but also the whole team is pretty much sick there were like eight girls at practice the other day. Yeah. it's not good right now but that's cool because they have two weeks to really get healthy so that's good for them what is it with this team and getting sick i don't know they love doing it but um in any case yeah big shout out to Paige. big shout out to all the seniors really appreciate everything you've done for this program any final thoughts trey anything as we start to wrap up real quick let's get ready for playoffs i couldn't agree more well i will say this you can find Trey on Twitter. On uh, go ahead and share your username at Trey Matt Four, and you can find me on Twitter, Chase Beersley underscore. Keep up to date on all your latest news for ASU women's hockey and also the Arizona Coyotes if you're interested in that. Um, and then, when are they getting their new arena? I guess we can talk about that next episode. Um, again, WWCHL playoffs right around the corner on Salt, in Salt Lake City. You can listen to what you're talking about on all podcasting platforms, even Amazon. If you're weird like that, thank you so much for listening to this edition of What You Talk Now, and we'll see you all next week.